we share in your word that you reveal yourself to us as only you can do in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word is strong in our hearts, building up, building us up as an edifice, strong and mighty for your great works in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. All right. So the, the title of our sermon for, for today is, is Peace. Peace and Troubled Waters. Peace and Troubled Waters. Um, normally we should... Is this working? All right. Normally we should um, talk about greater works because we should introduce what we meant by greater works. But as I preached during the week from about Monday, and the Lord began laying a burden to talk about peace, and I'll, I'll tell you the reason. Um, let's read from Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, verse 41. Luke 19, 41. Luke 19, 41. Are we there? And it says, And when he was come near, now this is Jesus, it says, He beheld the city, that's Jerusalem, and wept over it, saying, If thou hast known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, says, but now they are hidden, or they are hid from thine eyes. And 43, he says, For the days shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee on every side. Now, he's saying the enemies will hold you, will hold them in bondage. And 44, he says, And shall lay even with thee, or with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not thy time of visitation. And for the five, he says, Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold therein and them that bought, saying unto them, It is written, My house is the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Now, this, this is an important place in scriptures to hold. Um, when Jesus began speaking about Jerusalem, uh, this was a city of peace. In fact, the name Jerusalem, uh, the other part, Salem, means perfect peace. Perfect peace. Uh, but then there's a report of uh, people who didn't understand their prophetic destiny. And so they always had trouble. They always had troubles. And in fact, till this day, the physical place or the geographical location is constantly in war. However, the talk is not about Jerusalem. It's about God's Israel. That is you as the believer. And then the burden will be about, about a common plague uh, in, in this current generation. Uh, is the, the, the issue of, of peace. And depending on how you want to call it, mental health, depression, you know, and all of that. And while the issues surrounding mental health, depression, and what have you, can be valid or are valid, uh, believers must have a different kind of response to things that are happening in the world. Praise God. So the response of the believer to issues will not be the same as that of unbelievers. 
Praise God. Are you with me? So when unbelievers cry wolf, when unbelievers, I made mention of this um, in the watch night, observe lying vanities and their confessions continue to be lying vanities, then you cannot be the same with them because you have a different kind of destiny. There's a prophetic destiny for every believer. And in fact, at the appearance of Jesus, or at the birth of Jesus, the message the, the angels brought was that on earth, peace to all men. Praise God. That's on earth, peace to everyone who comes to believe in the name of the Lord. And then we have the realities of chaos everywhere. It's a reality. We see it. And many things will not, you can't, you don't have control over many of those things. And those are externalities. So for example, you didn't have control over COVID. I know many people were praying, they were sending COVID left, right, and center. You, you will see, in fact, in some months, you just hear that there's a new wave. You know, then something happened. A number of people died. Those are externalities, and you totally do not have control over that. But then, you have control on your response to it. Because now your response to it as a believer is faith. So he says, that's Jesus, that in the world, you will have troubles. He says, in the world, there will be destruction. He says, it doesn't get better from here. He says, however, my peace, I do what? I live with you. He says, my peace I have given to you. He says, there's a way out. But then the way out is for you to recognize what I've put inside of you. In fact, he says again, that I will send a comforter. And he says, this comforter will be with you and will never leave you. He says, constantly, the moment you come to believe in the name of the Lord, he says, you have a comforter. And he says, you need not behold lying vanities. You need not behold everything that is going on outside. You will have a response. And it's the same thing you see in that example of Jesus in the boat with his disciples. And then there was a great tempest. There was a great storm. And he was just there sleeping in the lower deck of the boat. I'm very comfortable. And the disciples were screaming and shouting. He says, Master, care you not that we die? And he says, how long will I be with you? Oh, ye of little faith. He says, if you speak to the storm, he says, it obeys. And immediately he told them, he shows them the same thing. He says, peace, be still. Now, was there no storm? There was storm. There was a storm. And naturally, you should get everyone afraid. Have you been on a boat before? Praise God. And some of you can't even swim. <laughs> some people are even afraid to bath. <laughs> Say, ah, the water is cold. You know? But then you're on a boat. Have you, have you been on a boat before? And you see how it's moving. And it feels like it's having something on your heart. Your delicate balance is, is shaking. But that's just calm waters. But, but there was a great tempest. And someone sat in the boat and was sleeping. Another day, he walked on the water and came. But 
if you can't do these things, you remember Jesus says, we, we do not have a high priest who is, who is not touched by the feeling of our infirmities. So he knows. And meanwhile, when Jesus came as God, he was, he was fully a man. See here, he said he wept. Another place his friend died. Again, he wept. But again, there is an internal regulation of peace that the believer has to external issues. And that's where your solution is. It says, though that behold lying vanities, it says they forsake their own mercy. Jonah chapter 2 verse 8. That's what he says. He says they forsake their own, own, own mercy because everything they've decided to look at is how things are going bad. So constantly they have a thing to complain about. And so that's where we're going to where the mental health issues are. It's not like these things people are going through are not valid. But as a believer, you've got peace. And you've got to find it. You've got to discover it. Because the peace is there. And the peace is in the word of the Lord. And so anyone that will have peace must go through to dig out the gem of scriptures. And to know what his prophetic destiny says about him. The word of God is true. Praise God. And the issue is not even people having issues. It's not, it's not in people having problems. It's in the deceit the world has brought. Because look, look at it. What sense does it make? And it's very bold to come and tell people about mental health because this entire generation, I don't know what they call them, Gen Z and all, very sensitive people. You can't, you can't talk. Say, ah, I'll talk. God has sent me to you. You see, as, as long as you came into, God sent me to you. And you better pay attention to what I'm saying. Praise God. <laughs> you best pay attention to what I'm saying. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Let's do Second Corinthians chapter 10. It will give us perspective. Verse 4. Let's start from 4. We having that up there. I can't be fat. Okay, all right. I'll read from here. He says, For the weapons of our warfare are what are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Five, he says, What? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, this is where I'm going. Is that there seems to be an ideology sponsored to keep people in their issues and their problems. Because look at it. If you, if you have, I, I wonder, if you have, say, malaria. You go to the hospital, yes? You get treated. You don't announce it on social media. Praise God. And then there's much advocacy being created for mental health, mental health awareness. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm, I believe in medical sciences. I, I've forgotten what I studied in my first degree, but, but I believe, I did public, yes, my second degree, I did public health. Yeah, so I, I believe so much in that. However, you find a person who says, 
they are depressed, but wouldn't go for help. And then the person says, oh, there's stigma attached to it. But you know, people have STIs and STDs. But they know they're going to die if they don't go to the hospital. And you know, there's more stigma attached to that. But guess what? They go for help. Now, I'm talking on the medical aspect. Because then there's the medical aspect and there's the faith side. And meanwhile, the two are not contradicting. The two are not conflicting each other. Medical science is God's idea for man. I mean, he wants to keep you healthy till you are saved. That's for the unbeliever. And for the believer, I mean, just in case you've not built yourself in faith enough to trust the word to help you, then God makes an arrangement. Praise God. So medicine is good. So just in case, just in case you've not built yourself enough on the word to receive a healing, then go to the hospital. Amen. But then you have a situation and you refuse to get help and you go around, maybe you're just watching people. And you know these days, even some believers, I don't know what's wrong with them. You know, so people create channels and podcasts and all they talk about is mental health, how they were depressed, but they're not telling you how they got out. So now there's some kind of camaraderie. You know, Alcohol Anonymous. Um, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm going through. Oh my God, you are going through a lot. <laughs> we are going through a lot. Then we go home. And you dare not talk against that. Praise God. You, you dare not talk against that. Someone is angry right now. But thank God you came to church. <laughs> Glory to God. But then you dare not talk against that. But what you do not see is that that is digging a deeper hole. Offering no help at all. So you talk about your problems, you talk about your issues, but then there's no way out. So and on and on. One year, two years, three years, four years. And you know, I was telling someone, I said, I, I wonder what, how this generation is going to parent the next generation. Praise God. So imagine, imagine the father goes through stuff at work. Then his son goes through stuff in school. Then he comes back. <laughs> Say, ah, we don't know what we are doing. No. Oh my God, this life is tough. Do you, do you understand? Then the father is crying, the son is crying. Now I wonder. Or the mother is crying, her baby is crying. And then maybe you don't see the father for many days because he's going through stuff. Get help, whether medical or in church. Praise God. And now I'll get to where or why I read this. Because that's the help God is offering. And he comes and sees the city. And sees them as sheep without shepherd. Scattered around. But then there's a prophetic destiny concerning these people. He says, this is the city of peace. This is the city of perfect peace. However, you never really went back to the foundations of how they gave you that name. He says, why did they call you Jerusalem? Why did they call you Salem? The house of peace. And remember, in, in, in old times, in Bible times, they didn't just give people names like that. No, that you just give birth to a child and you say, well, Jack. <laughs> Is there a Jack here? 
You know, you just give birth to a child. Lord, what should we call him? Jack. Jones. You know? No, it wasn't that way. Because they had a relationship with God as God's people. And so they believed, they named them prophetically. Oh, Isaac. Because he brought laughter. He brought a smile on my face. And different things like that. And so these people didn't know who they were. But then Jesus saw them and he wept. And in weeping, he was weeping because their help was not far away. Their help was just close by, seated inside of them. But they wouldn't realize. And then he went and struck at the heart of the matter. Because immediately he left there, he went to the temple. And when he went to the temple, then there was buying and selling. And he says, my house is what? The house of prayer. And he says, you've made it a den of thieves. He says, my house is a house of prayer. Now, that was the physical temple then. And, but we know right now that every man that is in Christ now is God's temple. And he says, there's a way this city is meant to be regulated. It's meant to be regulated from the temple. And if you know Jerusalem, the temple was their, was their everything. And he says, if this generation, if this city is going to have peace, then they shouldn't be doing buying and selling in the temple. He says, there's a focus. My house is the house of prayer. It's the house of fellowship. He says, there's a position, there's a vantage point from which people in my house must see life. And if they see life that way, the externalities will not be their problems. Because if they focused on prayers and the primary assignment he has made or he has given them, then they wouldn't have those issues. But then they brought things into the temple. They were buying and selling. It's the same thing. You have a generation of people who wouldn't go to church. But we condemn church and we listen to people that are not pastors. You know, people are churched on social media. You just go on Twitter, then you're reading someone who's telling you about the church. That the person is not in church. He just tells you he read something. Then you two, you're there. You're liking and you're retweeting. And then you wonder why you have issues. You know, a way to test their, permit me, I, I, would, I would interpret the, what I'm saying, their street cred. You, is there anybody that doesn't know what street cred means? I don't know what it means in English. Your street, yeah. mm. <laughs> street credibility. Do you know? Okay, let me remove street. Their credibility. All right, their influence. Okay. <laughs> oh God help me. Influence is better. I went to test their influence. You know, I was I was watching Lady watches one one YouTube channel like this. Now those people again, you know, this generation is very sensitive. Now those people medically, okay, all right. Now medically they are obese. You know, now we can't say because people will say ah, they are obese is a medical condition. <laughs> <laughs> so that you are not angry. It's a medical condition. Mm -hmm. So they have followers. They are influencers. <laughs> you know influencers? Then one day they said they would do meet and greet. Oh, you know them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> then nobody came. Meanwhile, they've been influencing people, passing a message to a generation that it's okay to be like this. Huh? And people in their houses do we watch and say, yes. Yes, don't shame us. Maybe at the end of the day, two people came. Or three. I saw another one on the news. 
Because I had so many followers on TikTok. Maybe some of you are even following that person. Then they did meet and greet. Then nobody came. But you know how many people they've been influencing and making to do different things? But they couldn't influence that on ground. They couldn't pull people really. But then they had a message and its strongholds, its thoughts, bringing men into captivity. The same way people came to the temple and were buying and selling. And so in the heart of even the believer, he permits buying and selling. So everything goes, everything comes and goes. A believer is able to watch everything. A believer is able to listen to everything. A believer is able to participate and say anything in every kind of situation. No, you are not so. Praise God. Because that is not how your peace comes. It says, my house is the house of prayer. My house is the house of spiritual activity. Receiving and understanding what God has made you. And if you have that, if you know that, you will be at peace. Praise God. And so, buying and selling continues. And then we tell you the way out. We say, be in church. And the believer feels church is a burden. And feels maybe a two-hour service is too long. And I'll tell you what the strongholds are doing. It's in exposing strongholds. You know, you can't sit down for a two-hour service or a 45-minute sermon, but that same believer in two-hour service can't drop his phone. I mean, I know some people are using phones for a Bible. If you're using your phone for a Bible, well, that's okay. Yeah, but no, he can't concentrate on the Word of God that is going to help him out. So he sits there in the service and he's on Twitter. He sits there and he's in service and he's on TikTok, Instagram, and he doesn't hear the Word of the Lord. Then he goes out and criminalizes the church. Says, no, I attended there for one week. No, you didn't attend. Because while you were in church, you were buying and selling. It's a stronghold. Because while you were in church, instead of listening to the message, or instead of listening to the sermon, you know, it takes a lot to understand the sermon. Praise God. For the people I talk to personally, I, I, I tell them, the reason there's understanding of certain things, say for example, purpose. You, know, you come to church and you preach just one sermon and the believer thinks that's all. <laughs> Praise God. Then he goes around and says, I'm confused about purpose. It's because you just listen to it once in church. I, I said, I, I can't be confused about my purpose. Because there were times of my life, one message, one message, every day, over the period of two months, talking about purpose. Now, I can't be confused. You can't, you can't say anything. That will confuse me because I, I sat down with it, meditated on it, understood it. And if there comes any point I'm confused, I go back to it. Because that was what saved me. It kept me for maybe five years. It kept me for six years. So I'm going to go back to it. Because it was my way out. I remember I had a problem with faith and understanding what God did. Then I sat down. Over a period of months, continued listening to the word. The word works. The word is true. The word is God's truth. And the word of God is your way out. And so, now, there's a believer that can't sustain 
consistent fellowship in church for a month or two months. But then the same believer can be consistent hmm, in chasing someone who they like, who doesn't like them back. You see strongholds. Someone said, wow. <laughs> Continue. Sure you'll be ambulance now. <laughs> Praise God. But then the person doesn't even like them back. But they are consistent on that matter. <laughs> Say, no, no, I know. I know I can. Can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But on the Sunday morning when you get tired, you know, you don't quote that to go to church. Say, ask for whatever you need. God, you say we'll find favor. Person doesn't like you, leave them. The same people, believers, are consistent hoping for a change in abusive relationships. Since they are beating you every day, say no, and now I'm not just talking to ladies, but boy, you know they beat some men too. Now, because some people get sensitive when I say they beat ladies, so they beat. <laughs> and now that's not even a marriage relationship. You are hoping for a better day, but then you can't sit down and endure good doctrine because the Bible says good doctrine is endured. It says till the daylight dawns on your spirit, till the day the day star dawns on you. So you're keeping at it. You're maintaining that consistency. You're just checking it. He says, if he worked for Abraham, then he can work for me. If he worked for Jesus, then he can work for me. If he worked for the disciples and the apostles, then he can work for me. The word is true. It was true. It's true. It will be true forever. And that's where your peace is. And so you're not forming advocacy with people who don't want help. I've told you. It's, so you form advocacy. So who is going to the hospital now? Let, I mean, let's talk about medical sciences. When last? When last do you see someone has an issue? You see them, they cut away from people and it's a stronghold. So firstly, that voice cuts you away from church. Cuts you away from the hospital. I mean, at least if you don't go to church... Get help. And let me tell you, whatever cuts you away from the word of God is not, is not good. I don't, I don't care what it is. People say, I woke up late. I don't come. Come, people come late. We don't castigate them. Praise God. You know, I remember someone had an issue. I told them, I said, you know, we're just going to teach on this throughout, throughout the month. I mean, the month we were teaching on healing streams. And the person came maybe once and, and didn't come again. I, mean, I know the person will still come and meet me. But you know, I mean, my life is the gospel. Yeah? But I have other things I'm doing. So if I spend two hours teaching on a Sunday and Friday, if you meet me during the week, I have a job. I have a wife. I have hobbies. Do you, do you know? And I have the gospel to preach to people. You know, one day I spent like three hours with one guy at night. I'm always saying it. No, I just graduated. It was my graduation day. Now, this was my graduation day. I walked all through the night. You know, I hadn't slept. Came for graduation. 
then went for graduation get together. Got home, and then this person calls me. I'm like, all right, all right, let's just do this and get to sleep. Then we talked, we talked, we talked. <laughs> this guy had many issues, man. We kept talking, we kept talking. 3 a.m. <laughs> so we finished. I said, look, these things can be sorted out. He still, the fellow still didn't come to church. And see, now that fellow, the issues he's had, I graduated, what year was that? 2020, yeah? And it has continued to degenerate. There were other people who took cancer, same issues, and they are better for it. Why? Because they would endure sound doctrine. They would endure teaching to make them better. The word of the Lord works. And that's your peace. That's the way out. And that's what will make Jesus weep. He wept. He says, for their salvation is with them. He says, they knew what to do. Isaiah says, he says, and in this is your rest. And the, the problem was that he says, you will not. He says, this is where your peace, your ease and rest is. He says, unfortunately, he says, you wouldn't agree. Because as I'm speaking, I'm talking about church. Someone said somewhere, he's saying in their mind, he says, must we always come to church? Is it, can't we have? That's a stronghold that I'm trying to pull down in your mind. Someone wants to say, oh, I, I fellowship online. You know, and that's all right. But if you're, let me look at the camera. If you're in Debrecen, you see, you don't, you don't have the atmosphere we have here. Praise God. Do I have a witness? You don't have that. There's a difference. I mean, if it's very far, yes, then it's okay. And it's, it's not even really okay. We have people in church here who don't live in this city. And they come every Sunday. So, and you're in, in the town, in the city, you live there. But you would not. And it makes God begin to look difficult. You see, your salvation is not far away. Jesus, the Son of God, was with Israel, his people, and they still did not know him. And they still refused to accept. And then they were looking for the truth elsewhere. Because the similitude of this, or the semblance of truth should, should look fine, should look packaged. And then Jesus was just that maybe lanky guy or short, we didn't know exactly, just walking the streets. About 30 years old. And then he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And they say, <laughs> So what are you saying? In fact, someone said, you, you said Abraham saw your day. He said, you're not even 50. <laughs> you know? Say, so how old are you? And that was the truth that they had been waiting for for generations. The same way the word of faith is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart. But then they would not. Have I said people who have mental issues are crazy? No. But they need help. And you must accept that you need help. And the help and the healing by faith is in the word of God. The longer you go away, the deeper the hole gets. And that's the reality they must tell everybody. And that everybody must know. 
I mean, there's a place we help, and you just need to talk. You just need to talk. But you notice sometimes the talk hasn't really helped. You, you can't. This is a generation or to a generation at crossroads. You can't be churched online. Praise God. Because, you know, sometimes after service, I just see, I just see people praying for people. You know, that fellowship. I see him will be praying with someone. I see Debbie praying with someone. I see people hold their hands to pray. And he just gives you joy. And sometimes you just hear them share testimonies that, oh, this person prayed with me last week. And then I got my healing. How many of you have come for prayer meetings before? And just after praying, you just felt ease and release. You just felt peace and you went home happier than you came. How many of you have come to church before? And it was like you were burdened. And then you came and you just went home. You felt so light. How many of you? Do I have a witness? But then the ideology of the world tells you not to go. And it's telling you that your heart is your temple. Truly your heart is your temple, but your heart is not the church. You are a part of the church. And just a part cannot do the work of the whole. Just a part will not receive the reward of the whole. So it's when you begin to function as a part, you receive the blessing of the whole. Uh, let me explain that further. You know, if you cut your hand and put it, and you, you are feeding your hand, <laughs> you know, it doesn't work. But then the mouth has to do its job. The digestive system has to do its job. Then everyone is edified. And it's the same thing. You've got to be part of the people. And don't let the devil deceive you. Don't let devils deceive you. Social media cannot be your go-to. And you know, it's sometimes, unfortunately, it's just, it's just that the world, they are also doing it wrongly. You know, when some nations want to perpetuate evil and don't want interference, they censor, they turn off the internet. Why? Because they want to do what they want to do. Just so that they don't have any outward interference, interference or anything. And in fact, sometimes the citizens are blind to the evil the government is doing. Why? Because the government has been able to censor every other part that can preach freedom to them. So they are being oppressed and they are okay in the oppression. And that's how the believer is. It says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it comes what? The issues of life. Out of it comes issues. In fact, the issues is not the word. It says, out of it comes the reality of life. It says, so that as you are thinking, that is what you have. It says, so the things you allow in is how you be. So if you take in enough bad news, you're going to turn out bad. And that's the reality of it. You know, it's not maybe you're good. Have you noticed? You just wake up in the morning and you, you go online and say, you say, oh, <laughs> says, oh, there was an accident there. Oh my God, are you still alive? You know, you say, why are people behaving like this? Why are men behaving like this? Oh, fear women. Oh, you know, and you think, you think things are going to work out good? Because let me tell you an evil that does, and the, the ideology creates, you will always be trying to prove a point. 
such that when you are walking into evil, you won't know. You'll be trying to prove a point. Say, I can't take that from anybody. I can't take it. So all your life, you'll be trying to prove a point that you won't take it. So you get into the situation and be showing people that I won't take it. Praise God. Has it happened to you before? Uh, maybe two people. You see someone behaving badly to someone. Say, if, if you were me. <laughs> so you've done it. Say, I won't take that nonsense. <laughs> you've done it. Now that's just a smaller scale. Say, I won't take that nonsense. Then every time you say you don't, then one day you end up in a fight with the person and he beat you up. <laughs> So at the end, you took the nonsense <laughs> and you liked it. You were messed up badly. And that's true for the same things. You see people every time, so you're taking in bad news, negative news. You know, I, I, I watched, I watched uh, a conference last year. And then they invited a preacher. And the preacher, yeah, may sound controversial, so I won't mention the name. But that person is a true man of God. And the preacher said, no, I'm not going to come. And they said, why? He says, you know, there's COVID right now. And my problem is not COVID. He says, but I can't get my mindset into that space where they are swabbing me, you know, taking tissue culture, what, what nonsense. He says, I've got faith, but I'm not going to subject my mind to that. Praise God. Now, that's the kind of mindset. But then there are some people, their whole lecture, entire sermon, COVID. And you know, it hasn't still gone. So you know your prayers. Well. You say, go, COVID, go. <laughs> COVID, go. It became Omicron. And what again? Delta. It is not taken by Simba and <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Are you getting blessed? So your way out, your way out, and your peace is in God. And God promised that all through scriptures. Luke chapter 2. Just there, Luke chapter 2. At the appearance of Jesus, let's go to Luke chapter 2 and we'll wrap up the service. Luke chapter 2, verse 14. I mean, that was part of our sermon on, on Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Glory to God in the highest. And what? On earth, peace. And what again? Goodwill toward men. And he says, accept it. He says, the message is already there. Accept it. Again, let's, let's check uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 16. Galatians 6, 16. Galatians is just immediately. <laughs> it's in the New Testament. Galatians chapter 6, verse 16. And he says, as many as walk according to this rule. He says, as many that walk according to the word of God. He says what? He says, peace be on what? On them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. That's on you. Those who have come to believe. He says, as many that walk according to the word. He says, there will be troubles outside. But as soon as the promise of the Holy Ghost came, you got peace. And he says, whenever there's troubled waters, and like we said before, that's why you come to church and you just sense peace. And sometimes, some, you know, a, a way that ideology works again 
is that some people have passed through stages in life and they didn't even know anything was wrong with them. Then someone is online now convincing you that 10 years ago you were depressed. And so something you never had to fight with. You start fighting with that. It's the same people, young people now. I'm also young. How many people have convinced you that your parents abused you? Praise God. Is that making sense? And you had been disciplined. Two years ago, you said it was love. That that's what made me who I am. Fast forward, you got on Twitter and TikTok, Instagram, and you say, no, I was abused. Then you start hating your parents. You see, pulling down strongholds, imaginations, and again, that's to a generation at crossroads. Because they are preventing a generation from the blessing of their parents. So you begin to fight. Even if you don't say it, you know, it's in your heart. And then there's that fight. And then that person cannot be blessed. And I know, in fact, some people say, no, nothing can happen. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. But this is right. Of course, he says, parents, do not provoke your children. But that's not your business. That's to parents. The instruction to you is obey. When you have your own children, don't provoke them to anger. <laughs> Praise God. Am I making sense? And those are strongholds they are putting on the hearts of people. Just trying to distract you. And later in the future, if they distract you, if they distract you, that's when people come up and say there's no God. Because they've broken the head all over in the past years. So four years ago, they were picking up things they were not meant to fight. Battles that were not theirs. Picking up information that never concerned them. And then you expose yourself. And then there's a problem. So you pray, you're wondering why. And then the Lord had told you to forgive that. Even if they hurt you, it says forgive. Praise the name of the Lord. And so I'm speaking to someone also who is holding past hurt. You know, and I know. Yes, it's painful. Yeah, people are bad. And people will be bad to the end. It doesn't get better. No, it doesn't get better. Your walk in faith gets better. Your acknowledgement of what God has done in you makes you stronger. It makes you to be able to wave things aside. So, the world is not going to get better. There's more coming. People are going to develop more bad habits. I mean, where do you want to end? From a bad lecturer to road rage, to a crazy bus driver. All over, you can pick offenses, you can pick issues, and you can be thinking of them for days, for weeks, for months, and you're just angry. You don't even know why. Have you met people who are just angry? I mean, they are just angry. It's an accumulation of things. And it can be tough. But God promised you peace. And in fact, you don't have to look far for the peace. It's inside of you. As I'm speaking to you, I'm striking at the heart of the matter. He says, peace to all men. Peace to you. Peace to you. He says, my peace I give to all. He says, in this world there will be troubles. But then there's peace. There's peace for you. Hear my voice this morning. There's peace to you. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's be on our feet.